Hello, this is the Mindful Bipolar Podcast with Damien. It is September 20th, 2019. I hope all of you out there listening are doing well. Um, your moods are are as stable as can be, that you're taking care of yourself and your loved ones. And, you know, but most of all, you know, taking care of yourself so that you can have a good life and you can give that good life to those that you love. So, uh, I, you know, I did talk about in a previous episode that I, I made a big move, uh, a new place to live. And, um, yeah, I moved in with my girlfriend of three years. Um, you know, in the previous episode, I also said that, uh, two years ago, she and I went through a horrible time and, uh, the state police were called. I was taken to jail for a couple of days and, uh, that is what started my ongoing recovery. So here I am again, living with my girlfriend and, uh, but this time I am doing things differently, uh, than I was back then. Although, uh, for about a month or so, I was not doing things differently. Uh, I said, you know, I had said that I was going through hypomania for a month or so, but I now believe I was in mania for probably a month of that time. And, you know, it's, it's hard to make a move to go somewhere new any, any time, anywhere, you know, but here, you know, I went to jail here, and the other thing is, I've gone through many failed relationships, and I did not want this to be another one. I love my girlfriend very much, and, you know, I, I, I've I, been questioning, I was questioning, I guess I still am, am I, am I strong enough for a relationship? Is she strong enough? Are we strong enough? You know, as you all probably well, no, it is not easy to have a relationship as someone with bipolar disorder or to have a relationship with someone that has bipolar. So it's, you know, it can be challenging. Um, you know, I definitely will say that since I moved here and I'm around my girlfriend and her son, I monitor my moods a lot more than when I was not living here because I want this to work and I want to have a good life and I want both her and her son to have good lives. I don't want there to be any kind of uh, loss or, or down with me being here. So I, I tend to push myself and, you know, except for that, that month or so, I, I was doing pretty well. Um, you know the the manic episode i was i was really not sleeping very well for a long time um i would say my average was about 2 or 3 hours there were some nights i didn't sleep at all and you know if i had to tell you what i was doing up for all those hours i don't know if i was really doing anything productive but at the time in the mania i thought everything that I was doing was productive. I thought everything I, I said was right. I thought everything I did was right. You know, and that is, is just not the case. You know, and I also uh, overspent during that time. I am several thousand dollars more in debt on my credit cards. Um, 
I was not exercising nearly as much. I was not meditating as much. I got in touch with an ex-girlfriend, which I am embarrassed about and ashamed. I would not have done that if I hadn't been manic. But it happened, and um, you know I'm moving on. And I and my girlfriend, I believe, is also moving on. You know, nothing. You know, nothing really bad happened. I just I don't need someone in my life who is causing me anxiety or troubles or adds to the mania or the depression. And the ex was definitely, is definitely one of those people. And my girlfriend is very understanding and very loving and she does understand the illness. And, um, I just hope that things continue to be good. You know, being in the mania for that long and the hypomania, it's, there's always a, a depression that follows, and I know that. And so, as much as I may have been fighting the hypomania and mania, I am now fighting a depression. I have to push myself even more. I don't really want to go for walks or get on the treadmill, but I have been doing that on a more consistent schedule. I have been monitoring my sleep much better. I have been eating better, and I have been meditating every day. And the most important thing, I don't know why I said saved it until last is I have been taking my medit medication every day as prescribed for, uh, the last few weeks and more than anything being on the right medicine and taking it as you're supposed to is so beneficial to all of us. You know, when I was manic, I was still in touch with my doctor you know, and he uh, initially prescribed that Vralar for me, PRN, and then to take it every day. But, you know, I went, when I went to get it filled, it was like several hundred dollars, and I couldn't afford the prescription. So I didn't, he told me, my doc said, well, you can come to the office, and I'll give you some samples, you know, for a few weeks, which I did eventually, but not for several days. So I was not taking the Vralar, when it was initially prescribed to me. And lithium, which I know is, has been my savior with my moods, I was not taking every day. I would take it when I felt like it or when I remembered. But as I said, for the past few weeks, I have my pill case and I take my meds every morning and I take them every night before I go to bed. Instead of, you know, for me, instead of wishing... Things are always different. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of us have that, that, that issue. Like we always want things to be different. We don't want to have this illness. We want to be handsomer or prettier or smarter or, or have more money. But, you know, I've always, it's always been a problem that I wanted things to be different, that I wanted things to change. And, and some of that I would push onto the people around me that I wanted them to be different, that I wanted them to change, not that I, that I was going to do it, that I expected, expected other people to do it. And that is just wrong. So I try to be present and mindful and do something or, some, or things each day that make things better for me and for those around me. You know, coming down... Uh, into the depression, the troubling thoughts 
came back to me that I haven't had uh, for a long time. I'm like a year, I think, maybe. Uh, you know, thinking about death, about life, about my illness, and things that I, I can't do, can't do anymore. You know, we all need to be okay with troubling thoughts, you know, because we, we are going to have them. We can't let them, you know, hold us back or push us down or lift us up to the heights of mania. We have to be okay with troubling thoughts. You know, I am trying every day, and I have been, I have been for the past few weeks, grateful and appreciative for my life and for what I have. Not, you know, upset or worried about what I don't have or what I wish I had. I mean, those thoughts are still there. But more than that, I am grateful and appreciative for what I have. And also, you know, for how far I've come. I mean, I had a pretty shitty fucking life for like 15 plus years because I was not managing my illness and I was not taking care of myself. I also wasn't with or around someone who loved me as much as my girlfriend does now. So I am lucky, but it took me a long time to find a person that knows me and wants to be with me every day, a long time. I try to live in the moment as much as possible. Meditation definitely helps me with that, to be present, and it does help me go about the rest of my day because I take time, 10, 15 minutes, to just sit and think about nothing or think about what, you know, the the uh, the Headspace uh, episode is about, and I, and I listen and I try to put that into practice. So I am back on a pretty good schedule, uh, with my sleep and everything else, everything else that I have mentioned, I do wake up early every day. Uh, I would say, you know, an hour or two probably earlier than most people, five, six o'clock. Um, it, you know, that early wake up time, it does help me. I feel less stressed than I used to when I wake up, when I would wake up late in the, in the morning and I would, have everything ahead of me or things that I missed, you know, I would always, when I was waking up late, I would always feel like I was catching up or late to get things done. And now I'm, I feel like I'm early and I'm ahead of the game and it really helps. I mean, I would, some nights I wish I could stay up later, you know, to watch a show with my girlfriend or talk to her or make a a call to one of my daughters. But I go to bed early and I wake up early and it's and it has worked for me and it's been a good schedule. Uh you know another thing I will say that I I definitely think was uh, a problem I ran into were notifications that I would get on my phone from different apps always taking my attention away from what I was focused on or what I wanted to do. Um so I, I stopped all notifications on my phone. The only notifications I get are when I get a text. And 
for the apps that I want to look at. I look at them when I am ready to, when I have the time I want to put into it, when I'm not busy doing something else. Um, you know, Kay Redfield Jameson, who is a, uh, a pretty prominent figure in the mental health community, uh, she wrote several good books. Uh, she published an article on bphope.com and she listed the top six things that you can do to manage your mental illness. Number one is to stay on your medication. Two, get regular sleep. Three, get involved with a support group. Four, read and learn about your illness. Five, go in with a list of questions when seeing your doctor. And six, get psychotherapy if you can afford it. Well, staying on my medication and getting regular sleep, I have learned and then forgot about and have learned again that it is the most important things for my mental health. You know, when I don't sleep enough, when I'm when I'm not manic and I don't sleep, you know, the seven, eight hours I try to sleep, my moods are off and I'm I'm tired and I feel dopey during the day and I'm not doing the things that I want to do and I start to think, oh my gosh, I must be depressed. Well, no, maybe, Damien, you need to sleep seven hours and, and not feel so tired and everything is going to be okay. And usually, you know, the next day when I do sleep well, you know, I'm feeling better and I'm feeling like my moods are more stable. You know, medicine, I can't say enough about medicine, you know, finding the right medicine, taking it as prescribed and being honest with your doctor about whether you're taking it or what the side effects are or maybe another medicine you think may be better. You know, being honest with your doctor is so, so important. For years, I was not honest with my psychiatrist, and it only, you know, served to not be helpful to me. I wasn't taking the right meds, and they weren't helping me as much as they could have because I wasn't honest with my doctor about my drug use or about other things that were a factor. I rarely talk, told him anything. I just went in and tried to get whatever meds I thought I wanted, like Ativan or Adderall, and then I'd be out the door. Thanks, Doc. So, yeah, you know, be honest with your doc. Uh, you know, Kay Redfield Jameson says to get involved with a support group. That is one thing I have I have not done. It's something that I've looked into. I've been involved with N.A., Narcotics Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous support groups, but nothing that has to do with a with a mental illness. But you know, recording this podcast and hearing uh, back from people via email that is like a support group to me, and I want to be helpful to other people with my experiences and what I've learned, you know, the good and the bad, so that you can have a good and a better life. You know, uh, Jameson also says to read and learn about your illness. I have read dozens of books about mental illness and bipolar. I I know I listed several in the very first podcast episode I did, but I'll just throw out a few uh, 
two graphic novels, Marbles, Mania, Depression, Michelangelo, and Me by Ellen Forney. And she wrote another book called, uh, you know, I cannot think of it right now, uh, a book called Mental by Jaime Lowe, was very good about bipolar. Uh, two Bipolar Chicks, Guide to Survival by Wendy K. Williamson and Honoré Rose was an excellent book, easy to read, and I highly recommend all of those books. There are many more that I have read. Oh, the book by K. Redfield Jameson, if you haven't read that, I will also highly recommend to you. It's called An Unquiet Mind, A Memoir of Moods and Madness. It's really a classic in the in bipolar, you know, nonfiction. It's uh, it's very well written, and and I think that anyone who has read it or will read it can absolutely relate and understand, and you know, read it pretty quickly because it really gets to you. So you know, I I mentioned the sleep, of course, but. One thing that I, I did start adopting was I have a sleep app on my phone and on my watch. It monitors, you know, the hours that I sleep, the quality I sleep. Um, and it's it's been helpful because I, I, when I'm feeling down or tired or low during the day, I'm like, oh, well, I only slept five hours last night. That's probably part of it. And usually it is. It's been very helpful. Um yeah, I, I don't know what that what the possibility of, of you all using that kind of an app, but it has been it's helped me so uh and I, you know like for example last night I slept for a little bit more than a little bit more than seven hours and I and I felt great waking up and I've been doing laundry and doing the dishes and cleaning around here and I just I feel like I'm I'm having a great day. The day before, I slept for five hours. Not such a great day, you know. So, sleep is important for all of us. Uh, you know, I am a survivor. Everyone out there listening, you are a survivor. We wake up, and we breathe, and we go about living our life the best way that we can. Last thing that I will mention is uh, the job search, the my interest in finding a job. I guess now you know being back down in the on the low end of the spectrum, I've kind of like lost sight of looking for a job. But something you know I was also thinking about is my life has been so good for the past few years, and I haven't had a full time job. I haven't had I have not had the stress of going to a job or driving somewhere or being around people that may be difficult or troublesome to me. So not having a job has definitely, I think, aided my mood stability. You know, I still want to earn some money and bring that in and, you know, take care of my kids and take care of my bills and everything else. But I'm thinking it's going to be more of a job where I'm sitting at a desk in a computer in my house, such as freelance writing. Uh, I do have a blog, mindfulbipolar.com, I've written on. I've had articles published on medium.com, so I am planning to pursue that and, and see what happens. So, 
everyone, thank you very much for listening. And again, I hope everyone is having a good day. I hope you all have a good weekend. And anyone, please know you can reach out to me at any time with any questions or comments about the podcast or about the the blog. My email is 6six.steelstrings at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.